Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. It's time for the calling of the 12 disciples, whom Jesus would also call apostles. Here's Luke chapter 6, verse 12. During those days, he went out to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer to God. When daylight came, he summoned his disciples and he chose 12 of them, whom he also named apostles. Let's talk about this. Jesus had several disciples, but at this point, he chooses the 12. At one point, we see Jesus send out even 72 of his disciples, temporarily imbuing them with authority as apostles, and he sends them out in twos. But this is where we get the election of the 12 disciples as we know them. There's a reason for this. This number is deliberate. There were 12 tribes of Israel. There are 12 disciples. The Again, uh, the New Testament is built upon the foundation of the old. Those 12 disciples, those 12 tribes of Israel, there had to be 12. There had to be. In fact, after Judas's suicide, they would have a casting of lots to draw and select from among those who had been in this crowd following Jesus since the baptism of John, and they would choose Matthias to take Judas's place because there had to be 12. It's because of the chosen 12 that the seven Gentile nations can call upon the Lord and be saved. So that number 12 is deliberate. So here they are. Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called the Zealot, Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. This is often overlooked, the fact that there were two Judases. There's Judas son of James, and now Judas Iscariot. So here they are. That's one, who's also called Peter, two, three, four, Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. The twelve chosen. Look at John chapter 15, verse 16. Jesus was speaking to these disciples slash apostles when he said these words. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. While there are tons of people following Jesus, these 12 have been imbued with apostolic authority. And they are the writers of pieces of the Bible, right? Like Matthew's gospel is one that we've studied and we interface with frequently as we read Luke's gospel. Luke's not here. Okay, Luke was a Gentile. He's the only Gentile writer of scripture, which is pretty cool. And he, I believe, is compiling from Peter's experience. And so Peter is there. Peter also writes the books of First and Second Peter. John is there. John writes his gospel as well as First, Second, and Third John, and then eventually the, the book of Revelation. So these guys were chosen by Jesus to go and to bear fruit and fruit that would last. Here's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, later on in the Gospel of John, and he is praying. Okay, he begins, Jesus 
spoke these things, looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that the son may glorify you since you gave him authority over all people so that he may give eternal life to everyone you have given him. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. I have glorified you on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with that glory I had with you before the world existed. A common, yet frankly baseless, critique of Christianity is to say that Jesus never claimed to be God. Read the words. like He's claiming to be one with God the Father, to have, uh, uh, to have existed before the world existed, one with the Father. Now he's going to pray for his disciples, the, the 12 that we've just met. I have revealed your name to the people you gave me from the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, because I have given them the words you gave me. They have received them and have known for certain that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me because they are yours. Okay, notice this distinction because it's going to draw a line for what comes next in verse 20. He's praying specifically for the chosen 12. Everything I have is yours and everything you have is mine and I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I was protecting them by your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them is lost except the son of destruction, so that scripture may be fulfilled. Right there, John 15, 12. It's important for understanding what we just saw in this otherwise seemingly unremarkable list of names, Judas, who became a traitor. The betrayal of Jesus was prophesied. It was foreknown. And according to John 15, verse 12, that was so that Scripture may be fulfilled. Now I'm coming to you, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy completed in them. I have given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. I sanctify myself for them so that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Now, here comes that distinction. I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe you sent me. This is so cool because it's the moment that the words leap off the page to describe you and me. I'm so glad that God chose John, for example, because as he prays for John specifically, he prays that he would be protected and he prays that he would be one with his brothers. But he also prayed for the people in the world who would believe through that message when I was a little boy, I heard the gospel. I believed and I was saved. I'm one of those. I, I find myself described. Do you find yourself described in that verse of Jesus's prayer right there? It's so incredible. There's, there's much more to this than just a list of names, isn't there? The number 12 is deliberate. 
Even Judas's betrayal is prophesied and foreknown, and all of it is for the glory of God. I am among these who would believe because of the message of these chosen disciples who were then sent out as apostles.